Police believe that this man, 18-year-old Lorenzo Guy, fired the shot that killed the CHA police officer. Authorities say he is one of three responsible for the sniper shooting. Already in custody is 20-year-old Eileen Nance, charged with first-degree murder. Also arrested and charged with first-degree murder is a 13-year-old juvenile. Hello, welcome to the Private Suite Magazine interview series. I'm Indy Advent. Today we are joined by a very special guest. He goes by Synchro Start. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing much better now. I'm doing great talking to you. <laughs> I was going to say, because you're done work. Yeah. I'll take it. That's cool. <laughs> it's been a rough day, but this is this is the highlight right here. Sweet. Me too. My day was also rough. Work. Work was just crazy, man. It's like insane how fucked up today was. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm here with you in solidarity. Yeah. Goddamn. People are like, uh, we, we need a break, man. We got to catch a break. We're out here working. <laughs> you know, I've got about, got about 40 hours in sick time right now and I might just spend some tomorrow. Nice. That's, that's a good amount. Yeah, <clears throat> I hope I don't get sick for the holidays. Everybody around me is getting sick. Yeah, but maybe I should just say I'm sick. Just, just take the L on that one. Yeah, I know. I'm taking some personal days, and then <laughs> tomorrow I gotta work like until 11 p.m. or something. Do some server Ooh. cleanup shit. So, oh, man. I'm gonna like go in. I guess I don't know, maybe one or two, so I can sleep in. So we can go nice and late with this interview. Nice. There you go. But I don't want to keep you too long because you have to work tomorrow. Oh, hey. I mean, I don't I don't have to go until 1130. So, you Not know. Not bad. I generally, I'm, I'm oftentimes up until 3 a.m. either packing tapes or like working on music or playing my Sega Saturn. Like, nice. <laughs> what are you playing lately? What I do you uh, play on Sega Saturn? I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, of Sonic R. I know that's very controversial. Um, yeah. There's this uh, fighting game that I really love to show people called Oscar 120% Burning Fist Limited. It's a that's a Saturn deep cut. Uh, I've never Everybody heard of should that. Check out. I will check it out. Can you can you give it to me one more time? Oscar 120% Burning Fist Limited. Burning Fest. Okay. Awesome. I love Japanese fighting games. Dude, can you play this online, like on Fightcade or something? I don't think so. As far as I know, there's no... Because, I mean, like, Saturn emulation is very, very rough online as it is. Mm. I I know there's, like, a Saturn Netlink device that was available at some point, but I, I, yeah, I don't think there's anybody doing anything with it these days. So you just do it, like, couch co-op style, 1v1? Yeah, I mean... Uh, your friends come over? Especially back in the day, I would invite all my friends just to kind of stomp them out. <laughs> Dude, I love to play you. I, I fucking pick up anime fighting games real fast. Oh, oh yeah. And this one's great. I mean, it's like every, every character is like uh, got a high school club that they kind of specialize in. And that's how like the variety is there. Um, cool. It's interesting. It's for uh, for fans of games like 
maybe Guilty Gear or Under Night and Birth or something like that. Oh, you know that game. Nice. I love yeah. that game. Big Under Night fan, big Melty Blood fan here. Melty Blood. Damn, man, you know all the good fighting games. Yeah, fighting games are what I'm about. Yeah. I mean, I won't even say I'm necessarily great at a lot of them. Uh, I'm loving that Fighter Z. Oh my god, yeah. Uh you, you talking about the Dragon Ball game? Dragon Ball Fighters, yeah. The the Marvel versus Capcom game that was the best Marvel versus Capcom game. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, basically. I heard there's another one coming out though, right? A new Marvel game or something? I think so. Um I mean, I was kind of surprised Infinite came out when it did, but uh, I mean, honestly, I I have no idea at this point. Mm. Yeah, let's play some fighting games, yo. For sure. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll fight you. I need a I need to pick up (laughs) another fight stick, but uh, you know, when when I do, I'll let you know. Oh yeah, Uh, my buddy made my fight stick for me. Oh, that's That's super cool. That's great. Dude, what's what's crazy about it? This game is called Asuka 120% Burning Fest. My fight stick is Asuka from Evangelion. Ooh. I got, got the picture on it and all this shit. There you go. Fun yeah, fact, um, since since we're here on the Evangelion and the Asuka Langley, my uh my name comes from a uh, a quote she has in Evangelion. Oh damn, that's one of my questions. So perfect. Which, yeah. which quote? <laughs> it's um it's like when she's doing running the synchro. I think it's when she's doing the synchronization tests at first, and um, she's like speaking a whole bunch of German. And at the very end, she says "synchro start" right before she like fires it up. Nice. Yeah. And the first time that I'd ever used it was that's like, awesome. I I can I think I know it. That's cr- amazing, dude. That's amazing. Nice little when. Um. Uh, no, I was gonna say uh, the first time I ever used it was um, yeah. There's this track, Best Girl, on my first album. Uh, and it was kind of the first Vaporwave track that I ever tried to sort of, you know, put together as a Vaporwave track. And um, I just found this clip. I wanted to use like an Evangelion sample. And I liked the way it sounded so much. I was like, you know, let's just uh, let's just roll with this name and see how it goes. Uh, and how do, you, how do you think it's going? I really like it. You know, I... I feel like half the battle when it comes to starting a new project is having a name that's, uh, you know, um, maybe something that's simple enough that people will, you know, be able to remember and, and, you know, pick up at a moment's notice. But like also, you know, something that is unique in itself. Um, Mm -hmm. And like the the project that I had before this was called E-Honda Accord, which was something that I picked off of Eric Andre's band name website when I didn't know what to call my electronic project. That's a pretty sweet name too. But I love Synchro Start. It's like one of my favorite names I've seen. Well, thank you. That's why I started checking you out. Actually, I was like, "Damn, that's good." Yeah, I that's think a there's good a name. There's and a lot music to the was name. Perfect. Oh, there is. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's dive into that. Yeah. Like what? Uh, you know, I I feel like a lot of times, especially when myself, it's like you know. You you catch an album art and you might think like oh this is great but then you hear the person's name and you know I I feel like it's those two things in general are something that really drive people who might not be aware of who you are to whatever you're working on. Mm. I mean you you have a name like Death Dynamic Shroud and it's like oh shit like I I gotta see what these guys are all about you know. Yeah, true. Which so on your Bandcamp the first record you have on there. 
I think my Google Translate is broken or something. I don't know. I can't read it. So I actually have it. Is that the one with the girl? The um, the one. The, my girl? first album is actually not listed on there anymore. You can find it on oh. uh, Sunset Grid, and I guess technically on Lucid Shores. I don't really know if that's still up anywhere. Oh yeah, no, that's okay. So why is it not up anymore? Um. I think it just kind of became uh, a thing for him. It, it was like a, a little bit too much. You know, I, I don't really want to speak for, I want to say his name was Gary. I really don't want to speak for Gary all that much because he was like a great guy. Um, and he was really trying to do something there. But, you know, I think he got really excited about the project and wanted to like go full force with it. And then, you know, maybe the responsibility got to him. Um, he just kind of, you know let it go and proceeded to give out the rest of the orders that he had and stop taking submissions. Well, uh, it, it is still up on sunset grid actually on their website there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not lucid shores, I guess, but I do have the tape for that. Mm-hmm. Luckily <laughs> it's a nice one too. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I actually, uh, designed the J card and everything myself for that one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do, do you do that for, a lot of your records or and, and um, the tape I imagine you designed as well. Yeah. So the the whole layout for that Lucid Shores um release I did entirely myself. Um all the album art I've done myself aside from Ghost City, that was actually done by my sister. And I mean honestly, like there was a there's a while where I, you know, I wasn't really proficient with Photoshop or any sort of like application like that so i actually reached out to twin pines a couple times for like j card layouts for things but um i've been kind of trying to handle it all on my own here Mm, cool well good for you yeah yeah those that record was on my pet flamingo right yeah i'm just realizing i have all your tapes i think oh shit damn thank you (laughs) i didn't even realize Oh, wait, they're not their contemporary tapes one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I had to hunt that one down myself on eBay. Yeah, 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 I can imagine. I finally got a copy of that, which um, I don't know how much people know about this. And to be honest, I don't know too much about this, but it will be getting a repress, as far as I know, somewhere else soon. I've been letting uh, Tyler Blue Screen kind of yeah. take control of that, but... Sweet, because it's a get- split for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Sweet man. Well, that'll be good. Contemporary tapes. Yeah, they. I was thinking about them recently because of the Christmas comp. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah, we'll you know, it. I'm that not. That might get a repress soon. I think. I'm not 100 percent sure whatever happened with uh contemporary tapes, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I've kind of just let that all go. Yeah. Exactly. Chasing it down. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, so you uh, go. Oh. Go ahead. I was just going to say, luckily, the person who I wound up buying it from on eBay, I think they had it listed for like $50 or something. And um, they were oh, they were, they were kind enough to cut me a, a discount here for it. Yeah, because it was you. Yeah, I, you know, I yeah. let them know that it was me. And, you know, I was like, I don't want to completely like, sh- you know, fuck you out of the value of this tape, considering barely anybody got it. You know, it's kind of hard for me to spend 50 bucks on my own material here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way <laughs> yeah. you were talking yeah you were talking about your uh how you were designing that j card for your first tape your first record 
Uh, what about your new record? Because I noticed that you released that on your Bandcamp. Yes. So you did everything there too as well, I imagine? Abs- absolutely, yeah. Um, that was a, it's kind of an idea that I'd floated around for a while. And I kind of, I'd been sitting on the art for it for a good couple of months and I didn't know really what to do with it. And so I kind of made it a whole package or something for um, when uh, Electronicon was coming around. I wanted to have something available that people could check out, um, you know, if they're interested. Now that record is Future Funk System. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, I like it. It's really cool. It's like, you know, got the Nintendo controller and the vibe of the the way the way it's written. It kind of feels like it's a game, sort of. Yes. Like a disclaimer, sort of. I don't know. So the, the packaging, and I know a lot of people out here they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm just, you know, going off on tangent here, but it's, it's all based around the uh, original Famicom disc system design, yeah. including the mini disc itself. I, you know, made a uh, design for the disc itself to replicate what those discs looked like. And then kind of just shoved all the tracks together. So it'd be like a disc A and disc B, like as if it was uh, a disc system game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. I have the tape, not the empty, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. So <clears throat> where are you at? Where are you living these days? I am uh, currently living in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. Yes, that's right. I'm remembering now. We met briefly at Electronicon there. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I met just about everybody from Twitter briefly at Electronicon. Yeah. <laughs> that was the E1, right? Yeah, E1. E- one. Yeah, I didn't make it out to E2. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it, it was a lot. I, we've talked about it so much on this show. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> yeah. they were so close together. Um, so how did why did you start this soul whole project, Synchro Start? Um, I like like I had mentioned to you before. Um, you know, it all started. Uh, it actually started as a lo-fi hip hop, you know, kind of beat project that I was doing as e honda core um and at one point i had kind of started and i want to say this was maybe about three four years ago i want to say it's four years ago um i kind of started to become a little bit more acquainted with vaporwave because i was aware of it i was aware of the aesthetics and stuff um but i started to you know actually listen to some artists and you know especially when it came to future funk i was like oh my god i, I love listening to this hip vibes record it's so great i love listening to a million miles away like i gotta figure out a way to incorporate it so the first album that i have is actually kind of a, a mix of a lot of the stuff that i was doing as e honda accord and then a couple tracks that were me attempting to make what I thought Vaporwave was at the time. And what time was that? Um, here, I can, uh, I can figure this out really year. quick. It would have been, I guess, early 2017. That's when I finally released the record, the first record. Wow, time flies. <laughs> I know. Crazy. So you got any, and when did the other record come out? couple months ago you got anything new in the works you said you were working on music a lot yeah so um i have i have something that's more of like a it's kind of a more of a mix of just vapor funk and i guess classic vaporwave that 
I've been sitting on for a bit. I'm not exactly too sure what to do with it or where to go with it. And I've just kind of been working that out. Um, I do also have uh, a project that is 100%, you know, all live instrumentation that's vapor adjacent, but I wouldn't necessarily classify it as vaporwave that I've been working on. Okay, cool. I'd love to hear it. Shoot me that shit. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got one track <laughs> I can shoot you. One track that I feel comfortable shooting you. <laughs> Nice. Well, I love your music, man. I've been a fan from the very beginning. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I think so. Close to it. Um, yeah, you continue to inspire me, and I love how your uh, production kind of changes a little bit with each record, but not too much. So it's like always something that I can count on. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I would say that just about every record that I put out I mean, I'm, I've kind of learned something along the way because, mm-hmm. I mean, every time when I release something or it's like the week before I release it, I'm listening to it nonstop on the train, on my breaks at work. And then afterwards, after I release it, I still listen to it just nonstop, just kind of hear what I've done wrong and what I think I really did right. And then next time when I go sit back down and try to start working on new material, I try to fix whatever kinks that I found in my listenings. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's it. Certainly shows, man. Oh, I what, appreciate that. What What are some of the things that you've learned over the years with the uh, different releases? Like four records, all jam packed with massive hits. Like every song's good on every record. <laughs> like, um, and it just keeps getting better. But I love the old stuff too. So I you know how you're using the same jaw, VSTs, things like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, uh, I've I've definitely upgraded my DAW. I work in Ableton, and I think when I first started, I was in Ableton 8, and I just keep torrenting the next one, you know, as soon as they come out. And uh, so, you know, I'm working in uh, Ableton 10 now. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's just really that I keep finding new tricks to kind of make my sound or my finished products uh, feel a little bit more full because Mm. I I oftentimes find, because I mean, most of my music is sample based and I I find that it's hard to not have like this flat sound when you're just using nothing but samples. Um, And I I don't know if other people hear that in my work, but I definitely hear that to a certain degree. Um, So there, I don't know, there's certain things that I try to do to, you know, liven it up, um, not make a sound. I, th- I think the biggest lesson that I've learned throughout this whole process is that being loud does not always equate to a better sounding product. Right. More about dynamics. Well, that makes sense. You're, you're talking about like filling out the sound a little bit more with the new record. I, I can hear that for sure. Um, everybody check out synchrostart.bandcamp.com. That's S-Y-N-C-H-R-O start.com. I always got that wrong. Because <laughs> it's like cinch, sort of. <laughs> yeah. It's it's actually but funny. Sync, um, sync like it's that that is the proper way. So yeah. I don't know how many people actually know this, but if you look at my first record on um Sunset Grid, there's a typo in the album art where it doesn't have the h in it and i think i think that's how i initially wanted to spell it but through like a typo when i was talking to blue screen you know about to release 
this album. I think I added an H in one of our emails or something like that. And then he released it out like that. And I was like, okay, this is just how I'm going by now. What? Oh yeah. my God. Because I had to change my um my bandcamp URL and I had to change, you know, oh, how wait. it was listed other places. Wait, wait, wait. I just found that again. It happened again. You did it twice. Look, also I'll show you. Oh wait, come on. Send the send the picture. Why is it not sending? This picture of okay, maybe this the picture of the um mini disc for the new record, the floppy, the mini disc floppy. Do you see that? Hold on. Where where did you send this to me in Discord or? Yeah, just straight to you. I'll put it in the in the group chat as well. <laughs> okay. You posted it on your Twitter. I was just looking through there. And on the very bottom of the floppy disk. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe I did not uh, even notice this. <laughs> wow, we got a we got a misprint on our hands here. Oh geez. <laughs> it's like a mystery. <laughs> Cause I always I'm sure everybody does that. <laughs> With your name. I don't know. We just missed the age. Well, you heard it here first, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like looking at my personal copy here now. I can't believe I overlooked this. That kind of like tripped me out. You're talking about <laughs> it. And then I was looking at that and I was like, okay, wait, I had to like triple take it to see if I was, <laughs> if that's what it was. That was weird. <laughs> Whew, crazy. Well, <laughs> what's done is done, I guess. Yeah. What is, right. I mean, I, I printed plenty of those. I am not going to be able to print anymore anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're oh just going to have to live with it. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, my eyes are watering. <sighs> so what is your musical background like? What did you like as a kid? Oh, um, I mean, to be honest, like, it, especially around my, my middle school and I guess early high school years, I was into a lot of the um, kind of like the, the like the really early 90s, like emo with uh, like AFI and... Uh, I guess Fugazi too, like Nice. It's really into a lot of that punk music. AFI, that's a band I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. Good stuff. The early AFI. Love that black that black sails in the sunset, that all hollows EP. Mm. Yeah, I used to like dress like that guy. What was his name? The singer? <laughs> Davy Havoc. Davy. Oh, Davy. That was an era. <laughs> that was definitely a mood. All the singers like that, like uh, My Chemical Romance, and oh, those guys actually came back. Are they coming back? Yeah, they're coming back. They Did you uh, hear about that? They got a. Oh yeah, no, my girlfriend is. Um, she's the biggest My Chemical Romance fan that I know. And uh, oh wow, yeah. So as soon as she saw it, she immediately messaged me. It was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. And I was like, huh, it actually is happening. <laughs> Yeah, crazy man. That's exciting. But yeah, like Good Charlotte and all those bands, like that mm, guys wearing mascara, super but super feminine sort of. It's at the same same time. What a, what that was about? I used to do that. There was um there was a time when I was really into like the Mike and Wilco romance. The use, you know, I I'm like afraid oh, to yeah. admit. I'm the afraid use. to admit this on air, but like I was a really big him fan in my early years. Oh yeah, love him as well. So many good songs. Um, something of Hearts. What is that? Funeral of Hearts. Yeah, you got the Funeral of Hearts. 
Oh my God, so good. Heartograms and shit. <laughs> my best buddy has two ham tattoos, actually. Yeah, we go hard oh, on well. him. Yeah, so good. I actually was at a thrift store two days ago and I found a uh, a bootleg live CD of the Razorblade Romance Tour and I was like, I got to get this. I got to pick this up for my uh, for my 12-year-old self. Yeah, damn. And how how was it? How was the performance? Was it Actually, I haven't um, I haven't uh, I mean, I'll be I'll be real with you. They're a band that sounds much better in studio than they ever did live. Mm. I caught them on their um on their bang and whimper tour when they were like deciding to call it quits, and they had CKY open up for them, and CKY did a great job. Uh, but him the him boys they were uh, they seemed like they were really kind of just done with it. Yeah. Yeah, good old CKY Bam Margera era. That was good times too. That's that's how I got into him. I think that's how most of the West got into him. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're from Finland. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Finland. Yeah, I saw him a few times. Um, with <laughs> Panic at the Disco, actually. Whew. That was a good show. That was fun. on their first album. Was out the best album. Yeah. No, that's one thing. I actually uh, I have a really soft spot for um, the, their first album. I'm like forgetting its name right now. And then Pretty Odd, I enjoyed both their their first two albums a whole lot before it became the Brendan Urie band. But uh, yeah, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, I think it was. There we right? go. Yep, that's nice. it. That's the one. Yeah, I had like an argument on the show one time about <laughs> with somebody. And they were like, Number, the second one's the best. And I was like, no, it's the first one. No, a yeah. fever you can't sweat out is a classic. Yeah, it's crazy. Check it out if you haven't heard it. So yeah, okay. How did you get into the style of music you're into now? Especially like that your sort of production style is very distinguished as well. It doesn't sound anything like that sort of music. Yeah, well... um, The older music you were into. Oh, or are you asking how that like influenced what I'm doing now? Yeah, like where? How did you grow into that? This new sound, this electronic it's a, shit. It's 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 a very odd journey, but um, I think somewhere along the lines in high school, um, I started to kind of uh, pick up on some more like electro artists. Um, like I was listening to a lot of like Toxic Avenger. I don't know if anybody out there knows who Toxic Avenger is or um, uh, Boys Noise. That's a more recognizable name. I was listening to mm. a lot of Boys Noise. Um, okay. And that was kind of like my first venture into really, really, you know, enjoying some tech, uh, some electronic music. And then there's also Black Audio, which is the uh, side project that Davey and Jade from AFI had. That was another early introduction into um some electronic music uh and then it was like from there i kind of started to get into a little bit more of the edm and the skrillex and uh some of that stuff and honestly like as we all did for a time yeah but i I would credit that that time period for you know me actually getting to know or getting familiar with um ableton a dog yeah exactly yeah well, I had been messing around with uh, Fruity Loops for a while and trying out different things. And um, I think it was like at some point I like realized that artists like Skrillex and, you know, Pretty Lights were in Ableton. I was like, I got to get a copy of this. I got to check this out and see what I can do in it. And 
you know, there, there's a very brief stint where I was making, uh, I guess you could call dubstep music. Um, and then from there, I kind of just like lost interest. I, I, I think what really did it for me for that whole EDM, the dubstep and all that was there's a moment when I realized that a lot of these artists like Must Die and Getter and, you know, a lot of the Ausla people, they were like, I would hear this MIDI file, like you could just hear it in like, everybody had a track where they're just passing around this MIDI file. And it was just like, Oh, here it is again. Like they're just passing this thing around. Um, and I don't know, I just kind of started to really lose interest. And, uh, I think I had a friend who introduced me into, uh, new jobbies and that was a really oh, big yeah. turning point for what I was doing. Nice. Love new Jabez. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that whole, that whole genre, that whole style. It's wonderful. Great, great vibe music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Let me. I gotta link you this thing, my buddy. I, ha- I have it here somewhere, very close. Ah, here it is. You're gonna, you're gonna freak out over this. The immortal legacy of Seba Nujabez Jan Jan. Um, yeah, it's it's like the longest, most in depth interview you'll ever see or read, rather, about Nujabez. Uh, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. It's interviews and yeah, it's super, super awesome. And, uh, I, I forget who made it. I know the guy, uh, cause I was doing a new Jabez, like sort of not documentary, but piece, like a 20 mm-hmm. minute seminar on new Jabez for a different podcast I used to do. Oh man. Yeah. I could dive into it. Oh yeah. His yeah. production too. Like, yeah. The first, Very like, interesting the, guy. The godfather of that style, like using a, <laughs> a MPC. We've talked about it a little bit before on this show, but yeah, check out Nujabez if you haven't heard him. Oh fuck, I just closed that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to lose that. I was reading it. That's why, <laughs> that's why I was so quickly. I had it so quick. Um, no, absolutely, send it my way. I'd, I'd love to read it on on the train. Yeah, right yeah I sent it your way for sure. So Nujabez, and then. Probably discovered Vaporwave on YouTube, I imagine. Yeah, um, I think at some point there was like all those lo-fi hip-hop Nujabez knockoff channels. (laughs) Well, no, no, it was actually I had a roommate at the time who was really into like this like new disco, like this funky you know disco music that was all electronics, and I would just like listen to it in his room. And I think at some point there was like I got like a YouTube recommendation for. like cherry pepsi or something by saint pepsi and i listened to it and i was like oh my god this is fantastic and just nice went and found like a download of hit vibes somewhere and the rest is history yeah that was kind of my my introduction to everything at that point i was really on the outset of the community because you know i i find you know this music and you know, I, I didn't really know that there was like, you know, people over Twitter and all over Facebook who were talking about it and still really, you know, super active in it. Um, but uh, I was actually mild internet acquaintances with Austin from Gulf Audio before he even started Gulf Audio. And yeah, he had released, um, I, I want to say it was his first uh, Danger Falcon album. Danger Falcon. And, yeah, and I, I I saw it, and you know was kind of aware of the vaporwave stuff, and I was like, oh man, like you know where are you putting the stuff out at? Like, how are you? You're on a label and all this stuff. Like, what are you doing? And um, you know, he was the person who introduced me to Tyler from Sunset Grid, 
because I I had like told him that I was like working on music that was kind of similar and had like released something and he caught wind of it and he was like you got to put this on somebody's label you know put it out there because I had no idea where to go I was like so far on the outside of everything that's awesome man shouts out to Austin yeah no huge shout out he's the best Austin is the best yeah he's a straight up gangster yo Gulf Audio great label I'm sure everybody's pretty much aware of it by now but like you gotta go check out all the classics on Gulf Audio Lots of stuff there. I think you had something on there too, didn't you? Yeah. So my first tape pressing was with Gulf. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was on the uh, the 2017 sampler tape that they put out. Oh, and then you did the, your album with them after that. Yeah. I was pretty much, you know, while I was working on that release, I was in constant contact with them. And uh, I was like aware of Gulf Audio before Gulf Audio was really out there. And then, you know, he was like, I'm starting this tape label, you know, let me know if you got anything. And I sent it to him. I want to say it came out on, I can't even remember, maybe January 1st or something. I, I believe it was the new year, 2018, when it came out with him. Uh, when we check, I'll check. Uh, yeah, January 1st, 2018. There you go. That's a great record. My fucking translate isn't working. What's it called? It's uh, I couldn't tell you what, but how to pronounce it in Japanese, but um, it roughly translates to "everlasting love." Okay, sweet. Yeah, that's a great tape. That's a, such a, the sex one of the sexiest album covers in vapor. Probably <laughs> it's like a Japanese magazine cutout or something. It was um, it was a uh, a, a clip from. It's like I'm sure if you just Google band um japanese commercials you'll find it it was like this commercial that was supposed to air i guess it didn't air but it was too sexy for japanese tv supposedly and i just grabbed the still from it and uh and slapped it over some uh some some marble some beautiful marble that's some distinguished stuff right there bro <laughs> yeah and then it had another cover right yeah, so it had another cover because we did a repressing. I want to say like a year later, um, we did a repressing. And I, I feel so bad about this because at this point, I didn't know anything about, um, I really didn't know anything about Photoshop or J-Card design in general. And um, we wanted to do something special and like include some extra tracks. And, you know, I I loved the idea of doing like a, a special alternative art. So I just kind of threw this mock-up together and I sent it to Austin. Um, and I was like, I'm so sorry, but here's like some extra art. If you want to include it, include it, but don't, you know, if you really can't make anything of it. Okay. Well, I think it turned out great. I just, I, I hate when they don't put the, the name of their album on the spine of the J card, but I did buy yeah. it. Yeah. So it's actually reversible. I don't know if oh, it's cool. like, yeah, if it's still sealed. So that. it's reversible with the original album art, and it does have. I want to say it does have. Yeah, let me got a copy of it right here. Um, there is like a name on the spine on for, for both sides. Oh, there the art. is. It's just there, like, nice. There yeah. You when you see the mock-up, though, because like I sent him that mock-up like maybe not too long before he was putting it up and but you know i guess it it all worked out in the end yeah it's not it's nice nice one too it's just that marble baby that's what you want (laughs) so nice but yeah great record check out his music if you haven't i said the band camp but again 
synchrostart.bandcamp.com with an H. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Austin and then Tyler. Uh, so why did you decide you wanted to make it yourself? Um, are you talking about that in- album in general? Just Vaporwave, like switch over to it, you know? I think it was something, you know, because I mean, I don't know. Lo-fi really wasn't all that popular at the time, but it was just, to me, it was something really interesting and something very free to a certain extent where it's like anybody could just hop right in and be like, you know, let me take this track and let me cut it up a little bit and slow it down and throw some reverb, maybe some chorus on it. And there you go. You got like a Vaporwave track and it was it was something that was so far removed from what I was trying to do because when I was doing like all the EDM stuff, it was just like, okay, I got to make this as clean as possible. And, you know, anything that any hiccups, like I got to iron those out where it felt like, you know, with the vaporwave, I could just sit down for a night and crank out some stuff and, you know, kind of just sit in my room Mm -hmm. and listen to it and and get a feeling from it. And it was a, it was just something that, I really enjoyed to, you know, sit back and listen to, you know, it was something that I feel, and I feel like a lot of people resonate with this, where it's just it's like it is every Vaporwave album, you know, kind of has like a vibe or something that they're going for. And it's also something that's open to interpretation to a lot of people. So, you know, it's just great music to sort of just kind of zone out and, you know, maybe you're in a type of mood and you put on this one vaporwave album that you just absolutely love and it just fixes you right up. You know, it was, that's kind of what the appeal to it was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I read you there, my friend. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll, I've said this on the show so many times, but I'll say it again for those who haven't heard it. It was Josh Starkey who said it and it was, Vaporwave has something that when you hear it, you know you were looking for it, but you could, you didn't really, are you, I'm fucking this up real bad. (laughs) You didn't know you were looking for it when you found it, but you know you needed it or something. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. And there's so many different kinds of it. Like everybody can get their own thing out of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, I think that's part of one of the beautiful things about it. Um, and I I know a lot of people like to argue about it, especially on the subreddit, but it's just like Vaporwave is exactly what you make it. You know, it's anybody can come in at any point and just change, you know, change it, I up, guess. Yeah, yeah change Add it up, some do something flavors. new. It's a very tasty um, cuisine we've cooked up here. <laughs> so many different flavors and spices. So can you tell us more about your new record? Any hints or teases? Uh, the Future Funk System? Oh, no. The, the, okay, the upcoming I gotcha. one. Well, um, I would say if you're a fan of Everlasting Love, the Gulf Audio release, you'll probably be more of a fan of this one than some of my other records. Okay. Um, I do have a local Chicago artist that I'm featuring on this one. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, I guess you don't work with our other artists like too, too much, eh? No, I really don't. Um, the first time I collaborated with somebody was uh, Blue Screen when we did the the split. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, yeah, I think isn't it? Well, I do have the the, the combo champs. Um, oh, sweet! Yeah, that's coming out pretty soon. Tight, oh, awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be dope for those who. You don't know what that is. That's Pat Chennington's thing. 
don't know. You can you can probably explain it better than I can, actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's Pat Chennington reached out to a bunch of us artists, and uh, I guess did a random draw to see who's going to get paired up with who. And we've just, you know, we had an allotted time period to kind of work something together, and then we're going to have this uh, big old blowout on New Year's. I think that's what it is. It's January 1st, I think, is when he's dropping the whole thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was it was uh it was interesting uh getting to work with Dan Mason a little bit. Oh, um, that's who you got you got paired with? Yeah, that's who nice. I got paired with. Cool. Uh we just dropped an interview with him, like a four minute video interview. It was pretty cool. Oh wow. Cause it wasn't uh I think I saw him talking about it. Wasn't that at uh was that at Econ too when you interviewed him? Yeah, well it wasn't me. I missed my flight, but uh Trirar stepped in and saved the day. Hmm. Or, I gotcha. Also, he knows he's he's known as Ed as well. There we go. I don't know what he likes to go by. <laughs> but yeah, it's a short interview, but it was pretty it was pretty neat. Nice and succinct. Uh and we have a bunch more interviews coming out depending on when you're listening to this. So check out our YouTube. It's pretty cool. And subscribe and, and, and like hit that bell and shit so you can see when we upload more stuff. Smash go that live. motherfucking like button. Do it. We were doing a lot of live streams, so it's cool for that because you can see like, oh, you can join up and join the chat. There's all kinds of people in there chatting up and shit. Not always. So today there wasn't, there weren't too many, but I was so busy I couldn't really like Tell people about it, you know? I gotcha. Sometimes you have to do that to start it up. Maybe it was a bad time. I don't know. 6 p.m. EST, is that a good time? I don't know. Let me know. <laughs> so um, let me check my questions here. So how do you decide on a theme for your projects? They all have very different aesthetics and styles about them. Yeah, well, um, the, the, first one, the first one was kind of... Uh, it was kind of like a theme that I kind of tried to pull everything together on because I just had tracks from all over the place. Um, the second album, Everlasting Love, was actually supposed to be a love letter to my girlfriend at the time. Um, and then See You is supposed to be more of me learning to let go of that relationship. So that whole album was kind of written when I was, you know, when we were breaking up and when I was looking, you know, coming out to Chicago, there's a couple of tracks that I wrote when I first came up here to Chicago. Um, and Ghost City is a major departure from all that because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to try something different where I didn't just like focus my attention on a person or like, you know, love in general. So Ghost City is actually about kind of like my first six months living in Chicago. Every single one of those tracks is kind of supposed to represent um, certain moments in my experience, whether it's like going to the fanciest bar that I've ever been to in my life on a rooftop or like working on North Michigan or, you know, just writing it in the... there. So <laughs> the first track on Ghost City is called VIP 93. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a little inside joke between me and my girlfriend where um, there's a spot in the very back of the Brown Line train here, here in Chicago where it's generally like where conductors can sit, but they oftentimes leave it open. It's the one seat in the train that will just face directly out back. 
and you're there by yourself and you can just like kick your feet up, just like do whatever you want, like have a great time. And so we would always call it the VIP section. And that's what that track is supposed to kind of represent is that feeling of when, you know, you're just cruising the train during the summer, you're having a great time, you're enjoying the the scenery of the city and you're just hanging out in the VIP section. Is that the Chicago skyline on the cover? Yeah. So um, I had I had asked my sister to you know kind of mock up a piece of art that had a little bit of vaporwave aesthetic, but also a piece of the Chicago skyline there because she is also very instrumental in me being able to move up to the city because she's been here for I want to say eight months now or not eight months eight years now. Okay. Cool. Yeah, they all your records have such a different aesthetic about them. And you're talking about these different themes. How do you come up with the match for the album cover to the theme? It makes sense for Ghost City for sure. But See You is, you know, it's an anime girl. And what? And you put the things over the eyes, like your name or on a piece of paper over the eyes. I really dig that. Um, so that was but, that, but, the. The name over the eyes, that was kind of just an aesthetic choice that I did with the first album, you know? Um, and I think it also kind of takes away from any sort of... It's like, it, it kind of makes the person on the cover a little bit more anonymous because I feel like eyes are very, you know, a distinct feature of people's faces. Um, to be honest, I think with the... with Especially with CU, when I made that... Um, it's so cool. Like, is it you saying goodbye? Yeah, it's yeah. me saying goodbye. It's it's kind of like a play on like the see you space cowboy. Mm-hmm. But uh, there you go. Yeah, perfect. I am, I'm picking that up for sure. It's my favorite anime. <laughs> and many yeah, cowboy others. bebop. Yeah, very great anime. If there's anything to take away from this uh, podcast is to watch Cowboy Bebop and Evangelion. Yeah. I need to watch both of those again. Stat. Maybe I'll watch them as I fall asleep. Are the dubs <laughs> are the dubs any good? Um, for Cowboy Bebop, it's fine. You can just watch it through it. I would never like if you watch the Evangelion movies, you know, you can still have a great time. But um definitely with the original series, I know the original um dub kind of glosses over a lot of things and mistranslates a lot of things i don't know if it's like on accident or on purpose because it was in the 90s and like bringing those kind of you know especially anything that had like religious symbolism bringing that over to the states was like a big no-no in the 90s okay (laughs) because like i think in the original dub they reference the angels they just call them aliens Mm -hmm. all right well i'll throw it on man yeah, I need to relive my anime childhood. Not childhood, because I actually didn't get into anime until like I was 25 or something. <laughs> All right. Maybe later. Yeah, that's, it, that it was definitely something. Right. I watched a lot of uh, Yu Yu Hakusho and Rurouni Kenshin when I was younger. Nice. And then at some point during middle school, I got made fun of for this like Yu Gi Oh graphic novel that I had at lunch one day, and I was like, "Okay, I can't. This isn't cool. Like <laughs> everybody's gonna make fun of me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was rough being being a kid liking nerdy stuff back in the day. Now it's like psh, you're the cool kid on the block if you like if you got the most Pokemon in your Pokemon <laughs> Go thing on your phone. There, yeah, you got it's the a, most it's gems a really and shit. Strange 
turn of events we have now where it's like, yeah, all the nerd stuff is kind of mainstream at this point to the point where like everybody loves superheroes. Everybody, you know, got to check out the new, uh, everybody's stoked that Evangelion came to Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I have it downloaded. I'll watch the, the original for sure. And Death Note, I need to watch that too. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been meaning to give Death Note a try. I just recently started watching um, Stardust Crusaders, that arc of uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, my, my sister my highly recommended that. it to me. Oh cool, yeah, maybe I'll check that out. No, I just I was I was thinking about maybe showing my mom actually Death Note. So I can be like, okay, this is what anime is good. It's like fucking complex as shit. And it'll fuck you up in the head sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Not all the time. <laughs> but yeah, you got to know what you want, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that's the important part of it. Uh, I My introduction back into it was actually Evangelion. It's It kind of sucks because the way I got introduced to it was I had a couple friends that were like smoking and uh, it, it was like several years ago. Um, one of my ex's apartments, like I just walked into this room where some of my friends were smoking and it was like the tail end of end of Evangelion. And I was like, what the fuck are you guys watching in here? Like, what is going on? I need to know. I need to know what is happening here. Yeah. Okay. Enough anime talk. Enough anime too much anime i gotta do a poll on how much of our listeners like anime because <laughs> uh, like i don't know i always end up talking about it <laughs> i i'd imagine there's quite a bit of vapor peeps out there who very much enjoy anime but then i also know that there's like a section of people who are really upset like a year ago that every future funk album coming out had like an anime girl cover on it mm-hmm. yeah exactly and we've talked about that too that's a problem with this show. It's like, I want to give everybody a chance to s- talk about th- the things, but then I'm like, <laughs> well, if people listen to the show, they're going to get sick of the same <laughs> conversations over and over. It's yeah, not absolutely. the same I mean, conversation, really, but you know what I mean? I don't I don't need to dive too deep into it because I don't really have that great of an opinion on it. Yeah. Just do what you do, you know? If you like the style, just like go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And please bear with us while we talk about it if you don't. <laughs> go with that. Yeah. Go with it. So, uh, which record which was your hardest? Which which one gave you the most obstacles and challenges? Um, I would say I would say Ghost City probably gave me the most challenges because, like, a lot of my production and writing had all like all the central themes of it were love, and it was generally like about people. Um. And I really wanted to move away from that and try something different and really just like try to get like try to just like make experience. Like I what I really wanted people to take away from this record, regardless of if you knew, you know, was like this experience of what it can be like to live in like a major city where you have all these things at the touch of your fingertips and you can just like walk into a room and it's like an entirely different world that you'd never been to or like never experienced before. And so I think, um, and especially with that one, I was trying some new things with my production that in all honesty, I don't think went over all that well, but uh, like in the final release. Yeah. In the final release. Oh. Like I, I've been tempted to kind of go back over and remaster that album, but lately I just have not had the time to do it. Yeah. I read you there. 
what's what's keeping you busy lately it's mostly work um yeah and at the time i had um you know i was trying to figure out stuff for this future funk system uh release and i've got pretty much all that sorted away but um there was the the dan mason collab with combo champs um after electronicon it kind of took like a small breather because i had just been focusing non-stop on you know trying to work on new music i want to get this new album out i want to do this great live set when i go play there um i also uh i also have a secret collaboration that i'm doing with donor lens that i kind of need to get back onto mm. so i was working at on that at the time and uh i mean mostly it's just especially nowadays like i just moved recently um at the beginning of december and you know all the whole month of december is insane if you work on North Michigan, like it's just the tourism is crazy. And, you know, I wind up having a lot of late nights at work and I come home and I got to make dinner and wake up and be there early the next day. So, you know, just trying to manage my time appropriately there. Yep. Yeah. There's not, and you got to get your sleep. I always talk about that. It's not enough time in the day though. No. Sometimes I didn't, I wish I didn't have to eat. I mean, honestly, there are times where I wish I just didn't have to sleep. I wish I could just like go full force, like twenty four seven. But then you feel tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a there's a point, especially when I was working on my first two albums. I was working as a projectionist in a movie theater like, oh, late late at night, cool. and I was also it was great. It was fantastic. Can we um, talk about that after for a minute. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I got a lot of great stories from that. Um, great. But I was also doing overnight stocking at Walmart. So it was like, you know, Oof. working on music during the day and That's sometimes at night, you know, go to the movie theater. The next day I got to work all night at Walmart and that w- I barely got any sleep during that time. That's but, crazy. you know, I like to think I got some great, great uh, work done in my music during that time. Yeah. Bringing that adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, deliriousness. Yeah. Delirium. Uh-huh. So uh, the the projection job. What films did you project? What are some um, stories? So, I mean, some of my best stories come from uh from when I would kind of just invite friends over. It, they made the mistake of teaching me how to uh, take advantage of the projectors that had HDMI ports on them because half the time, you know, like at the movie theater, we would we would start running shows. Yeah, and we would, uh, if somebody didn't buy a ticket 30 minutes in, we would just, you know, cut that theater. And so oftentimes I'd take one of the big theaters and like hop in there and just like play a few rounds of Overwatch until my shift was over. Or like, I think Final Fantasy 15 had just came out around this time. So I was playing a lot of that. On the giant screen. Oh my God. On the giant screen. Got that full surround sound. The music, the sound. Yeah, yeah. So... Can you tell talk about the intricacies of like loading film or or were you using like digital files? So at this point, most movie theaters that you go to, unless they, you know, because I think it's kind of like a novelty now that people actually use a real film, like 35, I don't want to say it's 35 millimeter. Yeah, 35. could be wrong about it. It's been That's a while. so crazy, um, man. That's sad. Yeah. It breaks my heart. Yeah. You actually get uh, these huge hard drives sent to the theater, and each one is like coded to only work with whatever projectors that you plan on running it on. 
Um, mm. You get keys that only will work with those projectors. Um, Sneaky. Yeah. So if, you know, it that's what be. keeps people from pirating that new yeah. Infinity War movie whenever it comes out or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and throwing it online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most most film, like most uh, movie theaters these days, they're, it's all digital. You just like kind of, and that's, it's sad, but you know, it's really makes the job a lot easier because at the end of the day, all you're doing is you load up these packs and you can cue the curtains rising, the lights dimming and all that stuff. What trailers you want to play when and you just like set a schedule for when it, you know, plays all these things. And then, you know, you just kind of have to worry about when something fucks up and then you got to go down and fix it. <laughs> what What's something that fucks up? What's a common fuck up? A common fuck up is when the masking isn't right for a movie. So like that's when like the curtains will draw to a certain point. Oh yeah. Um, Cause like different theaters will be formatted differently and uh, different aspect ratios. Yeah. We would have some theaters that uh, the system are like, I guess it, cause it, the, the way it like pulls up the curtain is basically like your garage door. You know, when that opens, that's like the same mechanism that it works on and so every once in a while it would just like stop like maybe two feet before it's actually supposed to stop and then you have to run down to the theater go behind the screen and crank it a little bit to get it to the right to the right masking crazy Uh, i've never seen that like i guess you do it before the the lights go down or something like how do you see um yeah so are you are you asking about like when the curtains actually go up? Yeah, and like the for the aspect ratio to like close out the sides too. I don't think so. It doesn't really do it on the sides that much. It's oh. just like um, it. It kind of depends on I suppose what projectors you're using because like the movie theater I was working at, they were kind of transitioning. Um, some guy, the people from Greensboro, North Carolina, will know the name Marty Cotis. He had just bought it uh, and was kind of trying to renovate the place. So like we had projectors from like the nineties, we had projectors from the early two thousands. It was just like all over the place. So um, it wouldn't always, you know, work out exactly how you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I believe at this point he's completely renovated the whole place. Oh, wow. Um, I'm thinking you've never done IMAX projection, I guess, like or, no. or film, right? So there's this amazing video that I saw. I just sent it to you and I'll put it in the description, everybody, of a GoPro on a IMAX projectionist's chest, I think. It's a chest cam and showing like the intricacies of setting up an IMAX film for projection. It's a beautiful sight. It's absolutely gorgeous. The way he manipulates the film with his hands and spins it, and ugh, I can watch that video. Oh, so he over and over. He's actually like running film with uh with IMAX. Yeah, yeah, like real film. Oh, for sure. Oh, wow. It's a giant motherfucking case. <laughs> it's huge, and yeah, he'll, he'll he starts with the giant thing. Like I don't know, it's maybe a meter for you Americans. Like what what do you call it? Like three. Three feet, four feet, or something long, and then uh, I, I, and you know the the diameter of the circle <laughs> of film, and then he'll slowly unwrap it like kind of around itself so that he he starts with a small piece, and he'll kind of spin his finger around 
and move his arm around the circle while spinning his fingers so that he develops another smaller circle that builds up over time. And he gets this eventually like little roll that he then takes over to these other machines, like a cross, like, um, a, like an open walkway thing. And then he just lines it through all these different gears and pulleys and doodads and scanners and clampers. And it's, it's a sight to see for sure. I'll everybody check that out. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see that. I used to cut uh, and splice film myself in editing class back in oh, wow. college. So I have a lot of respect for people that still use film. Like, I love it. The look is just, yeah. you, can't, you can't copy it. I really wish there were still more theaters that were willing to do that. I think well, the only film nice. that we really showed. Like, did they all get rid of all the hardware for it? Are they building I don't new think theaters they, that don't have it? Oh, I, I, I believe that most new theaters that are being built like won't have it. They'll just, mm. you know, because they'll just throw the new projectors in. Um, and yeah, I know we IMAX used to. Yeah, it really is at this point. Like every time I talk to my mom, she's like, oh, I want to go check out this movie in IMAX. And I'm like, okay, mom, that's cool. Like, that I don't really cool. have, I don't really personally care for uh for IMAX all that much. I know oh, I yeah. saw a couple IMAX movies when I was younger. But. Uh, I, th- I think it's cool. I guess they're just not doing too much. And a lot of the time when you're watching an IMAX film, the whole film isn't in IMAX anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like if you watch Batman Dark Knight Returns, I think that's it with Bane. Mm-hmm. Is that the one? N- yeah, that's the one not, with Bane. Yeah, not every scene is shot on IMAX film, I don't think. It's just oh, well. pro- projected in an IMAX theater. Yeah, you know, like yeah. the airplane scene at the beginning when it gets hijacked, Bane hijacks yeah. it? That's IMAX. Then after that scene, you can see the aspect ratio changes and then it's just a red camera. It's not IMAX <laughs> anymore. And it goes back and forth. But yeah, at least they're doing a little bit. I don't know. I love my film. <clears throat> anyway, anyway. Uh, any more stories about the movie theater projection job? Oh, geez. Any sneaky um, things? Any free popcorn and fucking crazy oh, shit? Oh, yeah. Out? You know, absolutely. You know, if, you, if you're working at a movie theater and you don't get free popcorn, it's cruel. If anybody out That's here is working at a movie theater and they're not giving you free popcorn, like, you need to go talk to your manager right now. <laughs> Tell them Synchro Stars sent you. <laughs> Synchro Stars sent you. Um, I don't know. Nothing, uh, nothing really, really comes to mind here. Well, if something comes up, feel free to bring it up and interrupt me. I gotcha. But um, do you want to play a song for people? You want to play a track? Sure. Um, what song should we play? Oh, man. I'd love to have you play the, the new track that I'm working on with, the, or that I have like ready to go. It's on Future Funk System, but it's like different. It's like buried in the disc A, disc B. Yeah, exactly. It's two sides. Well, um, Send it to me after because I play songs at the end, right? But we'll just play a song yeah, now. I gotcha. From from what? What do you want to play? Let's do uh, the Glenn Fittich track from Ghost City. That's a that's a favorite of mine. Okay, so here it is, everybody. Glenn Glenn Fittich of Ghost City.
remember when you guys had the uh, the episode with um, with uh, my boy from my pit, Flamingo Vincent. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I I was like, I gotta check out this episode. You know, hear um, hear from Vincent and uh, you guys opened it up with my track Taylor that was on uh, both Ghost City and um, and uh, Flamingo Funk Volume One. I was like, oh shit! Like I didn't <laughs> didn't expect to hear myself nice. here. Yeah, they just picked it. They just they just gave us a bunch. Or wait, no, did I pick those? I don't know. I think I picked. I don't know. I do so many interviews, man. It's just a wash. Like I don't know what the oh, fuck yeah. happened I'm, on what interview. Sure. It's hard, especially as they get really old. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's a great song, man. The saxophone in that song, so groovy. Yeah, Glenn Fittich. Glenn Fittich. Um, what does that mean? It's actually a uh, it's a it's a bottle of scotch. Ooh, yeah. I was at this bar. Um, it's called Cindy's, and it like overlooks Millennium Park here in downtown. It's like the big park that has the bean that everybody recognizes. Um, the bean? Yeah, that's cool. It's like this big metallic bean. It's it's not really that impressive, but it's like a Chicago staple. Yeah. Um, but like I went to this bar and had that for the first time and i was like i, I really want to capture this feeling right now yeah you know, oh this is some yeah, that shit hits you so hard it's like yo man i gotta write a song about this right now i'm so <laughs> inspired that's amazing sweet yo so what, what do you got here for questions uh one sec no worries so what inspires you to write new music how do you get in the mood um it's actually kind of tough. Uh, <laughs> I I think generally how it happens is, especially as of late, I've been trying to set myself deadlines for when I want to do something and when I want to put something out. Um, like with a calendar? So I would say, yeah, I would say that uh, the stress of meeting those deadlines definitely helps inspire what I'm doing. Um, I, I, I I'd like to say that generally especially as of late, like I'll listen to an album and here's something different that I haven't heard, like future funk or just vaporwave in general. And, you know, it, it's something like that that will inspire me. Like, uh, I know when I heard Moonrise by Night Tempo for the first time, I was like, God damn, like this is, this whole album front to back is just so good. You got super brass on there. And it's just, that one definitely inspired Ghost City quite a bit when, um, when I was working on that, I think um, I think as of late, I've 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 still been trying to do the thing where you know certain experiences that I have um, kind of take control of what you know I really want to convey to my audience. Um, like uh, on on my other side project, the one that's like all instrumental or uh, live instrumental, uh, there's a track that's very much inspired by uh, after Electronicon. I like took a train the next day and went to um, Vermont to visit my mom. And she lives like way out in the middle of nowhere, Vermont. Um, and it was just like beautiful because like, you know, when you, when you're living in Chicago, you're kind of like, you feel a little bit stuck in the city where it's like, you know, you could go an hour one way and you're still there. You're still in the city. And if you don't drive, it's like, especially true where you feel kind of trapped there a little bit. So it's like, here I am kind of in this, mountain area kind of like in a small like logging area just surrounded by trees and you know the, the one of the new songs on like the super secret side project is uh 
greatly inspired by by that feeling of just kind of sitting out on her back porch and these, you know, beautiful but also at the same time kind of uh, sinister seeming woods. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there's something about the being in nature. I think we're built for it. It's it's good to get to go back there and get a refresher every Absolutely. once in a while. I try and go like hiking and shit on trails and stuff sometimes or yeah uh, it's hard and i'd like to do more of that but you have to you have to go pretty far out from chicago to find stuff like that like there's this place we we go to um it's like the lincoln park conservatory um it's like this conservatory that they've been maintaining since i want to say the late 1800 um it's like the same building and the same process they use so like it's all watered by hand there aren't sprinklers or anything it's just absolutely beautiful it's like the one space that i get to go to sometimes where you know if you just feel crushed in by the city it's like you get to enjoy beautiful flowers from all over the place and get like a tiny snippet of nature in the middle of the city yeah you gotta have it yo I guess Toronto is not so bad. I, we, we have a few par- like big old parks. They're fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And um, not too many people sometimes, like a lot of nature and uh, trails and stuff. But um, yeah, I see what you mean. I think I could use some of that right now. It's so cold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure. Because I've been complaining about the cold recently here. But I mean, for you guys, it must be. Right now, it feels like minus eight Fahrenheit. Whew. So it's pretty rough out there. Yeah. I think uh, I think today it was like 16 degrees, but it felt like maybe six degrees outside. Yeah, that's cold too. <laughs> Freaking my, the editor for the podcast, Ognos, Ognos, he lives in California. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to a beach party tonight. I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. Goddamn. <clears throat> um... All right, more questions. What are what do you do outside of Vaporwave? Like what what are your hobbies? What what would you like like to do if you had a day where you could just do all that you wanted? Everything was like your birthday um, or something. And you didn't have to work. <laughs> and you didn't have to work birthday. the next day. Um, you know, uh as of late, I've kind of started to realize that I very much enjoy going now dancing with my partner. Um, oh, cool. That's one thing that I didn't enjoy all that much until I moved up here. But there's also plenty of great bars around here to do, uh, to go dancing at. Um, so like club club dancing, just whatever, not like salsa or, or anything? like. Or- <laughs> no, not so much salsa. I mean, like there are plenty, like there are great jazz clubs around here. There's like a dueling piano bar that is fantastic to go to. Um, I'm mostly referencing uh, Boys Town here in Chicago, which is like a really, really huge, um, young, like LGBTQ space here in Chicago, just filled to the brim with like just all these great bars to go to. Nice. Very, very fun atmosphere. Yeah. Sweet, yo. Yeah. Other than that, it would just be messing around with Switch Homebrew. That's like a great interest of mine right now. Yeah. Yeah, I have a buddy who's doing that too. Good old homebrew. I used to do that a lot on the Wii. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. The Wii is a a great console for anybody who's interested in uh, picking up something easy to homebrew out and just make a make a little game station for everything you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that. I had uh, all the NES games, all the SNES games. Yeah, and then all, I think all the, the first time I... Wii games like hundreds. Oh yeah, 
very easy. I think the first time I um some good games too, man. Played yeah, I think the first time I played LSD Dream Emulator was on the the PlayStation emulator inside the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> I spent like a solid month just coming home from work and just diving right into that for a couple of hours. Nice. Somehow that game keeps coming up on this show. I guess people so, that like Vaporwave like aesthetics, right? So Yeah, you know, it, it's a very aesthetic game. Yeah. Yeah, you got to show me some sweet-ass dance moves, yo. You got good? <laughs> no. I you got to impress your I, girl, right? <laughs> no, we we both go out there and we'll just be like complete dorks. Yeah. But it's just fun, you know, because it's just like a moment to kind of like let loose and let the day, the rough day, that you've had just like wash off your skin and just like dance like no one's watching because like honestly especially in a lot of these bars like nobody they're just all having a great yeah you know it doesn't matter if you look like an absolute idiot out there it's just like you're having fun and that's all yeah no one gives a fuck (laughs) now i'm trying to learn some dance moves right now actually so there's two dances i'm trying to learn like uh choreographed okay yeah um francis in the lights (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you ever heard of him? No. Oh, no. I don't think All so. Right. Oh, I gotta now that I'm talking about it, everyone's like, what are you learning, Indy? <laughs> uh, the song, Can I Have This Dance by Francis in the Lights, or May I Have This Dance, actually. It's, um, it's featuring uh, Chance the Rapper. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's super dope. If you know Chance the Rapper. And they do, they yeah, do like a... a a dance together it's super cute and shit i don't know it's pretty easy i'm like i'm pulling this up right now he's a he's he's pretty famous around these parts he's a chicago native oh cool yeah yeah check it out after the show or something yeah francis in the lights man he's got some cool some cool moves (laughs) i don't know sometimes i feel like i can dance pretty well and other times i just i don't know i feel like (laughs) i'm just awkward (laughs) Like I can't pull it off. Other times I'm like, man, I'm in the groove. I can learn any dance right now. It's like I think you have to like, have the right mindset for it or something. Or no, absolutely. I, yeah, I think I think it has a lot to do with just you know being able to let go of yourself and just you know even if you are learning something that's very specific, it's like you got to find that groove and just enjoy it. The um, groove, yeah. If you're like overthinking what you're doing, you know you are gonna feel awkward. You might come off as awkward to people, but you know. If you're just vibing, if you're yeah. just having a great time, you know. Yeah, I'm just no one me difference. alone in my apartment. I feel that way. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm learning. I learned it with a friend actually, but um, sometimes I just feel like I can. The rhythm of my movements is just so on point. Like some days, it's just feels forced and weird. I don't know. Maybe some dancers can <laughs> tell me what that means. Why I'm feeling that way. Yeah, I definitely couldn't tell you exactly why you're feeling that way. <laughs> Non-expert dancer over no. right here. That's cool though. Oh, it's good. You gotta you get your it's a great exercise, you know, get the blood pumping, get your joints all nice and lubricated. <laughs> That's good. Like we don't move around like we did when we were kids, you know, dancing all the time. No, absolutely not. And I'll say like, like before I moved up here, like, you know, I, I barely got any exercise now. I- walk just about everywhere i go unless it's like too far and i gotta take the train or the bus mm-hmm. same yeah I, I like it for now i feel like i'm gonna hate walking everywhere and all that <laughs> in a couple of years though yeah when you're when your body's breaking down a little bit more yeah i'm already breaking down man 
<laughs> Getting old. So yeah, how do you how do you learn new techniques and shit? We talked about that a little bit between the records, but like, how do you challenge yourself? Do you, do you even try to do that, or you just do what comes naturally? I, the thing is, like, um, I feel like especially when it comes to this other project where I've been trying to work in like guitar and just like live instrumentation, like I, I feel like when I because I, I don't really go out seeking a new problem to solve or like a new way to approach things necessarily. It's, it always comes from like, I'm working on something and some, like there'll be like one tiny bit that just sounds off. And I'm like, okay, how the fuck do I fix this right now? And, you know, I sometimes, you know, we'll go and try to check out some like tutorials on Ableton, but like half the time I'm just like messing with different presets like in Ableton and just trying different things out. Cause like I, I generally will have like a formula that I'll approach most tracks with. And then every once in a while, it just like won't work out for me for whatever reason. So then I have to try a whole bunch of different things to, you know, try to iron out the kinks or, you know, whatever it is that's like throwing the track off. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I know I learned quite a bit when I was working with Dan Mason, um, on this new collaboration, uh, which is also surprisingly enough, there is uh, none of the music in that track is uh, sampled. It was all uh, most of it was like live cuts that he did, and then I came back over with some synth stuff, and you know, kind of mixed and cut up the track a little bit. Yeah, I added some uh, some Capcom versus SNK two <laughs> cool. announcer samples in it a little bit, but that's like all the samples you hear in it. Nice. Oh, I'm excited to hear that, man. Yeah, I love Dan Mason too. Oh yeah, super excited for for the new Dan Mason record that he's got coming yeah. out on a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah, did you hear that? Um, I, we were gonna talk about this on the like on an upcoming episode, but we can talk about it on this one too, I guess. The uh, signing of DDS and yeah. FM Skyline, and was there someone else too? I think Vapor. Oh yeah, he's on there. Vaporer. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Like and like honestly, I'm I'm that means job security for three artists <laughs> now. It's awesome. Exactly. Um and I think it's great because, you know, out of just about anything that come out of this scene, it seems like 100% electronica has become like the most legitimate you know, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody else here, but like the most legitimate platform if you want to get your stuff out there, you know, especially if you're an artist over here in America. Like most people, I guess, are, yes, new listeners who are not aware of Vaporwave, like their first introduction to a lot of this stuff is going to be 100% electronica. And I think it's great that, you know, mm. they're bringing on all these artists to release stuff. Um, I, I I just think it's it's really great. It's a great uh, like milestone for the end of vaporwave in 2019, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think somebody I can't remember who it was, but somebody posted like this photo that was like vaporwave at the beginning of the uh, decade, and then like vaporwave at the end of the decade, and it's like this shot from I think Econ One. During George's set, after he like let down all the aliens, it's just oh, yeah. like Jesus. <laughs> it's like really, really blown, blown out from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Man, can't wait to see where it goes. Speaking of, I'll ask my 
famous next question. Where do you think it's going to go in 2020? I think um, I think you're going to see a lot more events like Electronicon pop up. Um, I think other people are going to try to take it in their hands to like bring a bunch of artists together. Um, you know, I've been <laughs> I've been kind of hounding Vince about this a whole lot from my Pet Flamingo, where I'm just like, you've got to, you know, try to get something together over there in the UK and you know have like a huge future funk event over there, just like vaporwave event over there, you know do like Flamingo Fest or something like that. Um, I, I honestly think you're going to see a lot more artists coming out of the woodwork who haven't played live shows before, you know, start to feel more comfortable with, you know, doing some events. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which uh, Electronicon, the, the set that I did at Electronicon was the first live event that I really had done for Synchro Start. Yeah, you played the after party, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. 3D and pad and everybody. Yeah. Uh, and any more live shows planned or because I hear Chicago well I have um has a bit of a scene right I think it, it it's very small I mean there's there's definitely artists here but um as far as I know it's like <laughs> Chicago does have like a a smaller more underground electronic scene that's not just like you know it's it's definitely not a vaporwave scene here but we have plenty of artists oh yeah that that's I think, what it is you know artists right mm-hmm because Fire Tools is here, um, you know, Quip's here. I actually ran into Quip one time at my local Trader Joe's, like <laughs> R23X was there with oh, them. Wow. Yeah. Heroes here, I'm here. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Drew, the guy who runs, God, why am I blanking on his label? It's not Cellscape, because um, that's a Mel Banana record. I feel so dumb for like... Someone on the show recently was going off about all the... Chicago people, I forget. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But yeah, we got a bunch of people here. Um, I do have a show with uh, a hero and two other people in St. Louis coming up on the 10th of January. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just had Ronnie on the show, if you, if you, if you know him. Oh, yeah. I met Ronnie at Econ, and then he kind of linked up with me on like pretty much all of my social media platforms, mm. and I've talked to him a few times since then. Ronnie's a great guy. Yeah, I, I think he's great. I think he's doing some vaporwave stuff in St. Louis. Yeah, it, it seems like he has a pretty regular, and I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's at like the same space, but I know he does regular uh, events throughout St. Louis. Yeah, that was a great episode. You should check it out. All right, so we're getting close to the end now. I got about five more questions. Um, you should we play no another track for some peeps? Uh, sure. Let me, uh, let me see if I can find a, a deep cut here for people. Deep um, cut. Ooh. Deep cut. A synchro start deep cut. You could do, uh, night drive off of, uh, Everlasting Love. All right. Night drive? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. We got night drive from Everlasting Love. Check it out.
love the the like the subtle effects or rather the samples that you put in there from shows and whatnot. You're saying earlier from the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. It's not overloaded. It's just a nice taste. Yeah, you know, that's uh that's one thing I do definitely kinda worry about a little bit too much is like I, I don't wanna like slam like a bunch of just, you know, clips from different shows or animes or something in the one track just like subtle little pieces to might help transition something like mm-hmm. in uh what is it um it's a ghost city track i'm like it, it was actually glenn fittage towards the end there i have a sample from uh weird science that can be very very easily missed if you're not paying attention from weird science yeah it's like an old like 80s movie okay i think it's i think it's 80s yeah. could be wrong about mm-hmm. that never saw it but but you, you know it's what I class. mean. But, but yeah, no, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing I love about your work. It's so tasteful in that way. <laughs> I find. Let's see, yeah, it's a it's a John Hughes movie from 1985. John Hughes, everybody oh should, shit. Yeah, everybody should check out Weird Science if uh, they they get the chance. Let me do that here. Weird Science by John Hughes. You like John Hughes? He's he's yeah, great. You know, There's nobody like it's him. It's a I'm not I I wouldn't say it's like he's a favorite of mine, but you know, I feel like he put on a John Hughes movie, it's a good time. Yeah. So it's a it's gonna be a crowd pleaser. All right, let me get a link here so people can remember to check it out. Man, I don't know anything about this movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. We'll check it out. I'll let you know my thoughts. So uh, what's your fa- what are your favorite Vaporwave releases? You talked about the first uh, Hip Vibes. I'm sure that's one of your favorites for sure. Yeah, I would say Hip Vibes was very instrumental. Moonrise, another one. I mean, I'm like a big fan of Night Tempo's entire catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Night, Night Tempo's fucking pro. Um, and there's most of the time. I feel like there's some lazy production <laughs> in there sometimes for some reason. I, you know, I, I feel like with a lot of future funk stuff, that's, you know, I, I feel like that can be the case. It's like um, a pop album. I, it's like, there's yeah. not really though. <laughs> more hits than, well, than no, not. I, I, I would say that, you know, the future funk is definitely a more, um, uh, a vibe that a lot of people who might be on the outset of vaporwave could, you know, get into a lot easier than maybe some other things i don't know um disco yeah everybody loves disco hey disco's coming back i don't care who you're talking for to, sure but disco is definitely coming back i'd say it's back it's back people just don't realize it it's like masked <laughs> under different things like vaporwave for example right yeah I, w- I would also say um i was i was having a conversation with my girlfriend about um talking about like what our albums of the decade would be but you know i I kind of put um, Slide and 100% Electronica by George Clanton mm-hmm. both kind of like level with each other because they're extremely instrumental in me trying something else than what I'm doing. Every time when I listen to either one of those, I just like want to sit down and like actually record some stuff in instead of playing with some samples. Um, fucking Surfing's Emotion was a great album that came out this year. Yeah. I don't know if people really talked about it all that much, but I really, really enjoyed it. Was that. like back in September, September, right? Was it? Yeah. Well, it that, was uh, that illustrated 
album cover like with different colors on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It came. It came out shortly after Electronic on One happened. Um, another great album, uh, Reconnect. Barb Walters, fantastic. I uh, want to shout out my my boy Versetti here because I was really a big fan of his uh, Race Driver album and uh, or the the Ultimate Racing Simulator that released out on uh, Golf Audio. Big fan of the Summer Hits album too on Business Casual. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet, yeah, all good records. Maybe I'll put them in the description too. People, if you want a taste of what inspires Synchro Start here. Are you a physicals collector? Yeah, um, I, I actually am. I mostly collect tapes and mini disc at this point. Mm-hmm. There's a while where I was collecting like a ton of vinyl, but um, I kind of stopped using my record player as much and preferred to just like, like one of my favorite things to do is just to like, take a bath and pop in a tape on my little boom box and like just kind of like zone out in the bath for a little bit. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to bring the turntable into the the bathroom. (laughs) That's sweet though, man. You, you bring your tapes with you to another room. That's like, that's another level of listening. (laughs) I guess people use Walkmans. That's not true. I just have a deck. I don't know. In my living room. Yeah. So, um, I mostly just had a deck for a while, and I'll tell you what, I've been having the hardest time trying to find a fucking Walkman that will work for me. Um, like, the first one I bought online, it was like a Sony Walkman. I thought there was a belt issue with it, and I'm not too knowledgeable on stuff, but I thought there was a belt issue with it. I got the right belt for it, and just still was giving me issues. And then I found this, like, Nintendo GameCube cassette Walkman that I was like, all right, that's going to be perfect as long as it works. And it did. Um, and I don't know if there's anybody out there who can like explain to me what is going on, but I find with a couple of men that I've picked up, I keep getting frequencies that are just like so harsh mm-hmm. and just like ruins whatever I'm listening to when like transversing the city. Like, and it'll be like the same spot every single time when I'm going past certain spots on the train where it'll just be like, you know, just killing my ears to hear the stone. Is your is there any chance your cell phone is near your Walkman at those at those points? I, well, that's the thing though is because um, it is I, for the most that's part. That's happened to me. But my Wi-Fi router was near my deck, and I was getting this interference, and it was driving me fucking crazy. And then a very knowledgeable issue, person told me. I took a picture, <laughs> and he was like, "Is that a Wi-Fi router?" And I was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "You dumbass." <laughs> That's the thing, though, is that, like, I would notice, like, very specific parts on my route where it would, like, come in and out. Like, I would, like, turn the corner <laughs> coming up to the train station that, like, wouldn't be doing it. And as soon as I turn that corner, it's just, like, full static and, like, this tone. I don't know That's what's trippy. going on. I tried to Google it. Yeah. It's like... You but th- uh, I finally picked up a, uh, a Sony Sports Walkman that seems to be doing me pretty well. Nice. Found it at the thrift store for uh, two bucks. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's a good. That's a steal. Uh, a WMAF fifty four. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but cool. Well, it comes comes recommended if anyone wants to get one. Apparently, it hasn't broken yet. No. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, I think that's that's going to be it for me. Okay. Um, do you have anything you wanted to to talk about before we go? Um. Let's see. Got the show coming out. If you're like anywhere around St. Louis, come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Definitely go. Everybody. Well, get, 
let me get the because uh, I had never heard of this place before. Oh, it's gonna be popping. Yeah, I'll just just go to my Twitter. I'll share it. You'll you'll see it there. What's, what's your Twitter? Um, it is what is it? Synchro start or synchro underscore start on Twitter with an H. With an H, that H <laughs> is in there. Bad bad joke. It may not bad be joke. on your mini disc, but <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Yeah, uh, I would say anybody. If, if you're still waiting on your future funk system order by the time this gets released, I'm so sorry. I promise you it's in the mail and it will get to you very soon. It happens. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, just check out Combo Champs when that comes out. Come to St. Louis if you can make it out. Um, going to be trying to book some more shows here soon uh, as my job starts to wind down. So we'll see how that goes. Nice. Cool. Everybody check out Synchro Start, as I keep saying. He makes amazing shit. He's a very nice and kind, warm fellow, and it was a real pleasure having him oh. on the show today. Oh, what? Well, thank you. No problem, dude. One, I have one more question that I missed. Who sure are your thing. favorite people in Vaporwave, and who inspires you? Oh, man. Um, so, got to get a, give a shout out to uh, Tyler, Run Sunset Grid, is Blue Screen. That guy is really nice, and he's doing... A lot for the vaporwave scene that I'm not sure people appreciate how much he's doing for it, mm-hmm. but he's a really nice guy. Uh, Austin from Golf Audio, you know, of course, that guy, maniac on Twitter, <laughs> but, uh, you know, pumping out the great releases. Yeah. Uh, Vince and Jay from My Pet Flamingo got to spend a lot of time with them, and we uh, went up there, and those guys, you know, just super solid people. Yeah. And, uh, I have to I have to thank them a lot for how much they've kind of helped me out. <laughs> Awesome. Well, dude, thanks so much. Take care and yeah, thanks. For- tell your uh, I forget your girlfriend's name, but uh, when I met her, it was a real treat. Tell her I say hi. Yeah, give a give a quick shout out to Catherine too. She'll be listening to this. Shouts out I'll to be Catherine. Sure to tell her, yeah, <laughs> yeah. big time. <laughs> I'm sure she's a real help, you know, in your music production, and she, maybe she she'll you know, she, take take care of each other, sort of thing, right? And, yeah, you know, she's, you know, best partner I've ever had. Uh, fun fact, she wrote a poem that's inside the Ghost City cassette tapes, if anybody has one of those. You can read uh, read her writing. She is a very great writer. She writes very beautifully, and I love listening to her do- perform. Nice. I have that tape. I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> great way to end it. <laughs> all right, dude. All the best, and... um We'll keep talking. Yeah. Thank you uh, for having me on. No problem, dude. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. That was my interview with Synchro Start. What a treat. Like I, like I just said recently near the end there. He's such a cool guy. He's so friendly, man. And we got to talking a whole bunch after. We just couldn't, I couldn't let him go, man. It was, it was amazing. So hopefully we have him back on the show sometime soon. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Definitely check out his stuff again, um, synchrostart.bandcamp.com, and check out his various records. He's got got about five, so yeah, there's a lot to listen to. And his new record coming out sometime soon. Keep your eyes peeled for that. As always, we're going to leave you with some music, um, some selections from his various records, so check them out, and I hope you enjoy. See you next time, everybody. Happy holidays, and take care.
this. Ozuris is born. Links crying.
I don't want to lie. Can't tell the truth, so it's over. Doesn't matter. I love you. None of it matters. Too late. I don't love you anymore. Goodbye.